This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Chennai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. Hello, my friends. This is Alyssa Marino, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show at Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today, interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube at CastBox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Playout One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, James J, and it's a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with Alyssa Marino. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you having me on. This is awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Oh, can you hear me? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, where can we listen to Alyssa uh, next? Yes, so you can find me on um, all social media at AYY underscore Marino. Um, I do commentary and ring announcing for places like Women's Wrestling Army, which you can watch on Pro Wrestling TV, uh, for Beyond and uh, Grind, Blitzkrieg Pro, a couple more others around there, uh, Combat Fights Unlimited. Uh, you can find all those on IWTV, as well as a, I do commentary for Capital Championship Wrestling, which is over on Title Match Network. I also do a podcast with Ella J as part of Capital Championship Wrestling. It's called uh, In and Out the Locker Room, and that debuts on YouTube, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. We are on a little hiatus right now, but we are kicking things back into gear year next month all right and uh, you don't even have to go looking for any of those links uh all of those the links to all those social media and um will be in the description of the video below but on youtube and castbox fabulous all right uh like you said you work for uh, ccw can you tell us about your relationship with the company and marcello yeah, oh my God. I absolutely love what Marcello's been doing over at uh, Capital Championship Wrestling. Um, it has been really wonderful to see so many amazing matchups and, and women from all over the place that we're getting to see in some first-time bouts. And it's just really, really exciting to see kind of the, the platform that they have created there. Um, just had an awesome show not too long ago. They have one that's actually coming up on March 11th. Um, it's going to be uh, over in New Jersey and just really, really has been awesome to see all of the talent kind of uniting over at Capitol. And yeah, just love the support, love the love and uh, everything that Marcello has been doing. Uh, like you said, uh, Battle of the Drone tournament is going to be on uh, March 11th. Um, I believe you could check that out on Title Match Network. Uh, well, you'll be on the call. Um, Absolutely. Uh, that being said, it is a stacked tournament. Who do you got? Oh, that's that's tough. And as an unbiased broadcaster, I, I definitely need to, you know, 
reserve <laughs> reserve my my predictions. Um, but I, I just love the fact that we're seeing so many amazing announcements that are coming up for uh, not only for Battle of the Throne, but just for upcoming events at Capital Championship Wrestling as well. I saw that there was, um, you know, the recent announcement of Miyu Yamashita. There's Killer Kelly coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really amazing talent uh, that's going to be coming for upcoming events. For the Battle of the Throne, I don't know. It's so tough. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my potential um, predictions, but uh, but definitely fans will not want to miss because there's a lot of amazing talent that's going to be showing up for the battle. I believe the last. Uh... A CCW event, uh, Victory, um, it was recorded for um, a documentary, a movie. Yeah, so there actually is, um, if you're following along with CCW Action, uh, which is where Capital Championship Wrestling is on all social media platforms, um, they are recording a, a, where they are making a documentary as well as a like feature movie as well. Um, so they're going to be sharing more details about that and when everything is going to be coming out. But yeah, they really have between like the podcast and doing seminars and the documentary um, and and the victory film. There's just so many things, and this is what I love about um, about Marcello and Capital Championship Wrestling is there's so many things going on to really engage fans on every level. Whether it's you want to watch just the documentary footage and maybe that turns you on to watching the wrestling event. If you just want to see a really cool story in the form of of a film, we have that as well. So there's there's really a little bit of everything. Oh, absolutely! It definitely seems like you know. For the short amount of time CCW's been around, it really made a big impression. It certainly did. They they hit the ground running, and I there's been no stopping them. Absolutely. All right. Um, can you tell us about uh, Let's Get Serial? So Let's Get Serial was actually my podcast that when I was first getting into wrestling, I kind of started this show. Uh, it started out on social media with me doing little reviews and giving, you know, as a self-proclaimed serial expert and enthusiast, I liked to give my ratings and, you know, uh, I would give like numerical gradings to serials that people would share online. Um, and then it turned into an interview show where every time I went to a show I, at the time I was working in a lot in LA, um, Arizona, Vegas, I would bring cereal with me to shows, sit down with talent, and we would just have a little a little chat. It was kind of like breakfast at any time of the day. Um, and again, that's kind of taken a little a little bit of the back burner. I was I was a little bit uh, you know, uh, got super busy at the very beginning of 2020, and then it came back as sort of a remote uh, Zoom call experience. Um, like took a little bit of a. Exactly like everything was and um, uh, took a little bit of a, again, a little bit of a break to just delve into more um, broadcasting projects and, and things of the like. I, I do keep kind of playing around with the idea of bringing it back. I don't know if I would still keep it um, in the virtual form just because it was it's tough now when I go to shows because most of the time I spend you know getting notes or, or preparing things for whatever job I'm doing that that night and i don't know if i just used to get to shows super duper early or, or what the heck it was but um yeah it just seems like it's been a little tricky to try and, and and juggle it all but that's definitely one of my goals that i want for for the next coming months to try and bring it back in the year 2023 yeah it seems like you're like really busy between commentary uh announcing uh interviewing you got it's always the, something going on yeah, and <laughs> 
you're interviewing on two different uh, formats, the in and out of the locker room and let's get cereal. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think I kind of prioritized in and out the locker room. Um, so to try and, you know, get guests for that and, and talk to talent um, that's either part of Capital Championship Wrestling or that is pr uh, prospective talent for Capital Championship Wrestling. It's kind of like, let's get cereal kind of took a little bit of the backseat, but I do still love cereal. I do still enjoy cereal. I do still talk about it on social media. Um, so maybe maybe it's time for me to just start doing it on camera again. <laughs> Well, uh, as recently on, uh, you kind of did like a mini Let's Get Cereal on Instagram as of recently with the Great British Snack Hall. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a little bit of a, of a short form variation where it still involves snacking and talking about food, which is just something I really love doing. So that, that kind of worked out in, in, in a really just like short, easily digestible one minute little piece. So it's kind of like um, adapting the forms of media that people are enjoying and, and seeing what new stuff I could possibly produce. Were, were those, the, the British snack hall, where did you get those treats, those snacks? So there actually is um, a shop in New Jersey that's like a British uh, gift shop. So I found a lot of stuff over there, but then there's actually, oh, I think it's called UKTreats.com or something like that. Uh, but it was a bunch of like a, a British snack site that you can just order things and, and ship out. So um, it's the British British cake shop, something like that. But uh, but yeah, it was all like British snack shops too. That sounds really interesting. It's so fun. And I love the idea of just being able to explore um, other, other cultures through through food. So then it's like, you know, meeting people from all over the world through wrestling and being able to talk to them about, Hey, but like, what kind of snacks do you guys like? Or, or what's, you know, what, what goes good with this? Or like when you haven't are done having a long weekend, how do you like to unwind? Like what snacks are, you know, in your bag, you know, stuff like that. So just different ways to connect. No, absolutely. Because main, one of the main questions when somebody travels somewhere else other than America here, when we have some of them on uh, the show is what are you eating there? Like you, you yeah. rustled in Denmark, but you know, what are you eating in Denmark? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I had that exact question. I interviewed my friend, uh, my friend Heather on let's get cereal. And I was like, well, how was the food? <laughs> so that, yeah, that is 100% definitely one of the top questions. <laughs> I mean, it should be, I mean, it's, if you're going to experience a culture, then obviously, food is the main top thing on that list. Exactly. And it's like, not everyone is going to want to go to a museum. Not everyone's going to want to go to the beach. Not everyone's going to want to do some of the like more typical touristy things, but like everyone's going to want to eat. Yes. So. Oh, the great British uh, snack hall, which one out of everything that you got, which was your favorite? Ooh, there was, I, 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 I actually kind of cheated because I had tried it in the past, but I'm just a huge, huge fan is the curly whirly bars. Mm. Um, any, anything that involves chocolate and caramel, I sign me up just <laughs> easy, easy peasy. Um, but as for a new snack that kind of, um, pleasantly surprised me because I had not enjoyed it in the past jelly tots, they were really, really tasty. They were, um, they almost reminded me of what is it? Dots. I think they're called like the gummy dots, but they weren't. Um, yeah, they, they tasted like a natural sweetness as opposed to um, like a super heavy 
overly sugary sweetness. So I really enjoyed those as well. All right. Um, now we've been talking, let's get cereal. Can you tell us about let's get coffee? Oh, let's get coffee. My one-off episode that I did with Vipress yes. uh, down in Florida. I think it was, I think it was mania week of what was that? 2020, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It was down in Tampa and, um, our whole quest, the entire episode was me trying to interview her and her saying not until I've had my coffee, but then when she finally did get her coffee, which was a very elaborate order, may I also say, you can watch that episode on YouTube, and it is a very uh, intense and in-depth order that she has over at Starbucks. Um, she still didn't talk to me, so, no. you know, it was kind of rude, but it's part of Vipers' charm. <laughs> like nobody wanted to talk to you on that trip <laughs> i know it was kind of rough and then her and andy were kind of getting into it i was like gosh guys come on <laughs> so funny <laughs> i haven't thought about that in a while so i'm actually gonna go back and watch that one that was funny <laughs> it was uh, i found i definitely found it interesting <laughs> so silly <laughs> um all right uh, can you tell us about uh your co-host and uh commentator Part, commentating partner Ella J. Ella J is awesome. And I am honestly, from the first time we worked together, I just felt like, I think she was very new to commentary um, and felt like such a natural. Um, her instincts were great. It was amazing to share the call with her and then getting to do the interview show with her, getting to do in and out the locker room with her. She is so insightful. She is so smart. The The level of which she invests her time and energy into researching and, and figuring out the the deepest dive questions to, to ask people when we have them on the show. I'm just ever so impressed with her all the time. Um, she is doing absolutely amazing things. And I'm really glad and grateful that Capital Championship Wrestling brought us together. She is someone that I had like been following online back and forth, um, but to actually get to connect and work together and now call her a dear friend is I'm very grateful for that. She is awesome. Now, like you said, you've been doing uh, in and out of the locker room with her, um, you know, opposed to let's get cereal. What are some of the differences between, you know, obviously this is CCW produced rather than doing your own thing? I think the biggest difference is a lot of the time the subject matter. So for Let's Get Cereal, a lot of it was about the nostalgia of, you know, cereal is something that you eat when you're a kid and it makes you feel, you know, young and carefree. Um, so I would like to ask people a lot about, you know, like, what were you like as a kid? What were, what was your, like, Saturday morning television lineup or, you know, just stuff, stuff along those lines. Um, whereas in and out the locker room is a lot about, the personal journey of the competitors that we're talking to. You know, when did they get their start? How did they get their start? What have they been doing lately? Whether it's in ring, out of the ring, what were maybe some of their challenges? What was the best advice that they ever received? So it's a lot more of a focus on the individual as well as their journey in wrestling. Whereas I feel like with Let's Get Serial, a lot of the time wrestling might not even come up. Uh, but it was just talking to wrestlers and getting to know them outside of, of the ring. Right. Now, is there one interview where, you know, you came, you went into it thinking one thing, but it kind of played out very differently than you had expected? 
I mean, I guess let's get coffee since I didn't get <laughs> even get my interview. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, there was one that I, I think I ended up taping during an episode or during a taping of championship wrestling from Hollywood. And I was talking with Andy Brown and Bateman. And I think at some point you could see it in like the, the bloopers at the very tail end of the episode, like someone just ran by the camera, just like, it was very odd. I think they just kind of like crashed, crashed the set, so to speak. Um, very random stuff. Uh, but a lot of their, a lot of like the the questions and answers I think I I wasn't expecting, but they are just so funny together that I was they had me cracking up and and obviously I'm supposed to be the one that's like you know man in the helm sort of thing, but I was just I was losing it laughing. So that that I think was one of the one of the top ones that comes to mind. It's uh, interesting, you know, when describing Bateman, um, funny is is not one of the not ones usually that, yeah. <laughs> Not usually, no, but I think it's because of what Andy Brown brings out of Bateman uh, that we might see him ever so slightly crack a smile. Although usually when he smiles, it's even more terrifying. So, um, yeah, that's uh, can't explain that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, you've interviewed, you know, a who's who at this point. Um, is there anybody that... Uh, you haven't interviewed for whatever reason, um, for whatever reason, haven't had them on, but want to interview? And do you have, you know, the all-time Mecca interview that you really want? So I am very lucky. And um, one of my dream guests I actually did get to connect with, um, and that was Renee Paquette. Um, I absolutely am... I was overjoyed that I got the chance to speak with her. She was an absolute delight. Um, and I feel, like I said, just very, very lucky that I had a chance to, to speak with her. Um, it was right around the time that she had launched her um, her cookbook. So it was great to kind of talk to her about food, just like it, like we were saying, just kind of a, a, a very easy topic to discuss with anyone just because it's, it's so delightful. Um, but I have to say someone that I have wanted to have on just because I know that they're a big serial fan is um, Alex Shelley. And I have not had him on. Like I said, right now I know I'm on the hiatus. But um, when I do get things kind of back and rolling, I would absolutely love to have Alex Shelley on to to shoot the breeze about about cereal. <laughs> now, do you have like, a you know, a big name crazy fantasy interview? You know, I think I try not to have those because I just want to see what happens, you know, like I want to be really pleasantly surprised if something were to fall into place with like this wild outrageous, like that was Renee Paquette for me was my, my like, ah, my like um, aspirational interview moment. So the fact that I got that, like, I'm happy. I'm uh, I'm not going to go, go wild uh, with anything else. <laughs> so you're not going to be like, uh, you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised if you get Undertaker on uh, Let's Get Cereal. <laughs> sure, exactly. Like, I, I'm not going to go, uh, I, I'm not going to put all my eggs in any single baskets. I just want to kind of, like, see where it takes me. All right. Um, you worked center stage, no? I did, yes. That was an awesome experience. That was with uh, Championship Wrestling uh, in Atlanta. 
what was that experience like? Because that building has some, you know, some history to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was really cool to to be in the building to and and really to be around the the talent and the crew and my fellow broadcasters because like everyone could feel it, uh, you know. So it was really cool to just share that with um, with the whole team and to see, you know, so many new talents and so many first time matchups within that building. So it was really really special. All right, uh, can you tell us about? that one video where you uh, travel to the supermarket. Oh, that was a that was a fun one. Um, I just tried to kind of come up with different ideas of um, kind of the idea of almost like a behind the scenes of like, hey, this is what it goes into. And this is like my inner monologue <laughs> that happens <laughs> while I'm trying to pick out cereals. Um, I think you really get to see in that video just how much of a like ferret I am where it's like oh something shiny oh this what's this oh what's that oh should I bleach my hair you know just like silly things like that but just to kind of be able to give um to give people a little bit of uh more insight into who I am as opposed to just the cereal so that was uh that was the whole idea behind that and you didn't get milk <laughs> you know of all the things right <laughs> it's just that's and that's part of it is that I'll spend so much time uh you know figuring out every little piece of of one particular thing which is i guess why i don't have like one particular interview that i want is because i'm afraid like at the end of the day well what if i forget the milk you know what <laughs> no uh, was that just uh, one take in a supermarket no uh permission per se um I, yeah i definitely didn't get permission i was trying to just be as uh as sneaky as humanly possible uh, I also, you know, obviously don't have like a big setup. So it was just me with my phone kind of like yeah. dipping and dodging around. But, uh, yeah, that was just, uh, it was just, it was just me and the phone roaming around the supermarket. As somebody that has recorded content in a supermarket, I respect that. Thank you. And you know what? That wasn't even the only supermarket one that I did when I, when, uh, we had Scorpio sky pick out his first cereal in like years. It had been like a decade since he had eaten a bowl of cereal we recorded in the supermarket as well because we had to see like what how he picked out the uh, the eventual cereal of choice. I feel like that's like a very you know on the edge of your seat moment. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, what's it going to be? It had been so long. So yes, that was definitely crucial. <laughs> now, uh, can you tell us about uh, working for WWE? Um, you were part of NXT for uh, a short while. Um, what's your mindset going into WWE? Because, you know, as anybody in pro wrestling, I, obviously that's the main goal. So was you like, yeah, I made it. I'm, I reached the pinnacle. Or what was your mindset going into WWE? I honestly don't feel like I had time to register it. I think it was just kind of like, okay, this is the new thing. Let's go. Um, so I don't think it really took, I don't think I really took time to realize like, oh, wow, like I'm here. Um, I think I kind of had this like laser focus of, hey, this is the new job. This is the mission. Like, let's knock it out of the park kind of thing. Um, so I feel like there was so much stuff to to keep me busy and to keep me focused that I didn't really take the step back to be like, oh my gosh, like, I'm 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 working for WWE right now. Like this is this is wild. Um, so I think mindset going into it was just like, wow, like we're 
this is um, this is a huge opportunity. Like we need to do our best. So I think that was kind of like what I was telling myself going into that. Now, um, well, hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, it was two. It was that was it was roughly three years ago. Um, you know, with all the experience and everything you know now, how do you look back on that time? I definitely look back on it fondly. Like I had really great mentors and learned a ton that I think I still bring to what I do now on the independent scene. So um, it was definitely a really cool, really eye-opening experience that I think helped to shape who I am as as a broadcaster. I've um, got to connect with a lot of really cool people. Um, yeah, so overall, it was just like a really, a really great experience. Maybe get a, a longer reply from Solid Flow this time? <laughs> uh, I feel like she did say a little bit more than I have in the clip on my reel. Uh, but yes, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> um, now, afterwards, um, you did get released by WWE. What? And during a pandemic, no less. Um, what was your mindset afterwards uh, after leaving WWE? Is it, okay, back to the independence? Okay, how do I get back to WWE? Um, is wrestling still in my future? What was all, what was going on in your mind at that time? Honestly, at that time, I feel like there was so much other stuff, you know, that wasn't even wrestling related. It's, you know, right. how is my family? How is, you know, the world? Are we ever going to, you know, bounce back from from any of this, you know? So I think that there was so much other stuff that I think what I fell back on was relaunching Let's Get Serial because I feel like it gave me something to keep my mind occupied. It gave me a way to, you know, connect with friends that I hadn't seen. Um, so I actually don't think I was even really thinking about, you know, what was next for me in wrestling. It was basically like stay sane, you know? Um, and I think just making sure that I was like staying connected. Cause at, at the time I was on my own, I was still in Florida. And, um, I think for me, it was just the importance of maintaining a connection with my friends, my family, you know, um, staying staying in touch with my loved ones and and really just making sure we were all checking in on one another. Um I think eventually when it did come the time where stuff was starting to run again, it was you know because I had kept in touch with people kind of that idea of okay, well if if you guys are going to run again, you know, like do you think that I could be part of it? Cuz I don't think that I ever lost the desire to be involved in wrestling and to be in, in a part of wrestling it was just a matter of um you know what what was even going to be happening what was the what was the whole atmosphere going to look like so that was once once things did um kind of come back into a more regular feeling of running it, it was like a no-brainer it was just kind of like falling right back into it okay now uh you don't have to answer this next question if you don't want to you could say pass um, but could you tell us about a tweet you made that Corey Graves responded to? Oh, so, and I, to, to this day, I, I find it to be just so funny because I had been watching a, I don't even remember where it was from, but I, it maybe had like 50 views, 
but I forget even what competitor it was, but I wanted to find a match of theirs. And the only thing I could find on YouTube was this particular thing. And the commentary rubbed me the wrong way. And I tweeted about just how much I like to work on commentary and it blew up and had nothing to do with some of the people that made it as viral as it was. Um, yeah, so so to this day, I feel very bad that it was so misinterpreted and I have learned my lesson about uh, never making, I think they're called subtweets is what the, the kids call them. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't subtly try and spare anything. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't really give opinions much anymore uh, because that was really, really misinterpreted and I felt uh, very anxious and awful with how it all went. Uh, but I stayed, I, I stand by the fact that I, I like to put a lot of effort into my commentary. And um, the overall sentiment is uh, I, I stand behind, but the, the fact that I was not clear and it got misinterpreted, I do feel terrible about because that, yeah, was not about that at all. <laughs> I mean, like you said, uh, you should put, uh, you should put effort in commentary, absolutely. But, um, you know, it was, was kind of mean that, you know, he was even seeing, like, you never mentioned him put in, uh, it was never, you never mentioned him. So, what was the reaction to, he, he's reading my Twitter. I mean, I, I felt bad because I was bummed out. I was like, oh, dang, what? That's not what that was about. But at the same time, I felt so like, like, uh, crippled and like scared to say anything at all. Cause I was like, oh, well, what if I say something else and I make it worse? So I just didn't say anything, but I was like legitimately kind of bummed out that it went that way. I was like, oh no, I don't wait. No, that wasn't, oh man. And then I just kind of like retreated from there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was definitely like, it, w wait, what? What's happening? That was, yeah, that was very, very wild in hindsight. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, this, this has nothing to do with you, and yet you respond. <laughs> you responded. I have no idea. I think people might have, like, probably people, like, tagged him in comments or something. Like, that, it got a lot of traction, so I was like, oh, that's probably what happened. I don't think he, like, went looking for it by any means. So, yeah, just a, uh, a, I guess, a happy accident that he stumbled across. But, yeah, that was that was a bummer. Great. Well, I think it's time for that segment once again. Alyssa's Bizarre Adventure. You're in the pro wrestling world, and crazy and bizarre things are bound to happen. Can you tell us a road story that fits that description? Oh my gosh, I wish I was better prepared for this. Hold on. I know there's got to be something. And of course, as soon as you say it, I'm going to blank out completely. Oh man. Uh, I know I'm forgetting like a really fun. Oh, okay. Here's one. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So it is uh, myself. Andy Brown and uh, my fellow broadcast partner, Johnny Torres. We are driving back from Limitless Wrestling in Maine, and we are driving back to Massachusetts because we are staying with, uh, with friends in Massachusetts. Still like about a three, three and a half hour drive. And um, this is in January, and we are, uh, we're driving down the road, and I'm in the back seat. Andy and Johnny are up in the front seat, and Andy's driving, and we are... Driving along, driving along. And Andy, you know, I, 
he's not like a speed demon by any means, but he, you know, he likes to go with gusto. And whoop, whoop, we see the flashing lights and we're getting pulled over. He's like, oh no. Dang it. Is he coming for me? Yes, he is. Crap. So he pulls over, cop pulls us over. And uh, and the cop's like, hey, you know, where are you? Where are you guys going? What's going on? And he's like, oh, we're coming from a pro wrestling show. And the cop goes, pro wrestling? Pro wrestling? Like, like WWE stuff? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And um, of course, the cop asked for, you know, he's like, you were going pretty fast. Where are you heading to? You're heading to Massachusetts? Massachusetts, that's really far. Um, so we're going from Maine to Massachusetts. He's like, well, you have Florida plates and your license is from California what's happening uh and andy had never updated his uh license and you know he he lived with me in florida he you know we moved to to pennsylvania and he had never updated his license because he just you know never thought to do it so he's explaining to the cop oh you know we we moved around and whatever um cop's like okay well let me let me check your stuff huh pro wrestling that's really cool let me go check your stuff i'll be back so we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, if this cop lets us go. And then I, I, Andy's like, I swear I'll drive 70 the whole way home. I was like, okay, cool. Cop comes back and goes, um, all right, so um, did you know your license was expired? And he goes, what? <laughs> and I think that just the genuine tone of his voice, he really had no idea. The, uh, the cop was like, yeah, so um, not going to get you on that one, but is there anyone else in the car that can drive? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, you know, our, you know, our car, we share it, I'll, I'll drive. And, um, and the cop looks at, he's like, okay, well, I need your license. I give the cop my license. He goes, well, you have a Pennsylvania license and you got Florida plates. What is happening here? So I have to give him this whole story about how, like, unfit of a human I am and I'm a terrible adult and my, you know, my title for my car got, you know, lost in the mail and they delayed in sending it and now I can't get my new, I'm like rambling on and on. I'm so nervous. Everything is awful. Uh, and I'm just like, oh gosh, just like, like, please, we don't want to take, we don't want any trouble. And, uh, and sure enough, he's like, all right, get in the car, just, you know, get that stuff all figured out. He points to Andy, he's like, you get a new license and, you know, slow down, drive safe. And he lets us go. Now at this point, I am counting my lucky stars. We are so, you know, oh, thank goodness. Um, uh, and I'm like, hey, but now I, I, I got really nervous and I had to nervous pee. And of course the first place we stop at uh, everything is locked up and there are no restrooms available. And it was just, it was, it was a struggle, uh, but we made it home safe and sound. Uh, and that was my bizarre road story. I mean, that's a good story because you yeah. know, <laughs> no, you know, tickets for itself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it was really an eye opener of like, Hey, listen, you need to get your crap together. Uh, but yeah, I was just very glad it had a happy ending. <laughs> yes. All right. Good story. Yeah. Um, no, you were an opera singer. I was, yes. Can you tell us about that? Because, you know, I'm of, of the mind of ne never ask you know, how you got into wrestling, you know, that's a taboo thing on the show, never say it. Um, but how do you get into opera? <laughs> yeah, so I actually grew up listening to opera with like both that both sets of my grandparents, my parents, everyone, you know, enjoyed it. And uh, I guess from a very young age, like before I could speak, I was like singing little tunes and making noises. So my parents got me enrolled in um, in voice lessons when I was like 12 years old. 
And I sang all through high school, uh, ended up going to college and getting my degree in vocal performance. And, you know, I did I did a lot of operas through college. Um, I auditioned for like young artist programs um, to like kind of continue my education in opera. I did, I think, one or two operas after college and then just kind of like went into, you know, just the working world until until, you know, I found wrestling. But um yeah, it was kind of a, a, a crazy time. And I still do enjoy, I still have like all my books of music that I'll break out every now and then when I just feel like, you know, just singing or feel like hearing a certain song or, you know, sometimes I'll play like YouTube videos along with like a musical score and I'll like read along with it. It's just, it's kind of fun to me every now and then, but uh, I definitely don't do it as much as I used to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was my, uh, my time in opera. Was being an opera singer the goal before uh, wrestling entered? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that once I was pursuing it in school, it was the idea of, like, I, I knew I wasn't as totally uh, all about it as my um, my my colleagues and my, um, you know, fellow students were. Uh, but I always thought it would be, like, so amazing, like, oh, my gosh, I could t- t- to travel the world and be able to do, you know, the singing thing. I think that was always just something I thought would be really, really amazing to do. Now, uh, uh, opera is, what was maybe the most challenging song to uh, to sing. And there's a very challenging song that I, to this day, have never been able to sing. It's called the Queen of the Night Aria from um, The Magic Flute by Mozart. And I'm like a Mozart girl. Like, Mozart and me, we are we are best pals. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Magic Flute was very, very challenging. And it's something I, like, played around with trying to do. But it was um, very, very high register and, like, a lot of, like, bouncing around the notes and uh never was able to quite nail it but uh but yeah that was definitely like the the epitome and it's a very popular song but um yeah definitely something i don't think i would ever i mean i never say never but yeah definitely something i've not to this day been able to achieve no some of a lot of opera songs are not in english they're in different languages so uh, i believe latin and italian are the two main so, oh my gosh, there's everything. Um, a lot of Italian. Uh, the song that I just mentioned is usually in German. French is huge. Uh, but I mean, there's Pol- is it Polish? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, of different languages out there. But when I was in school, I had to take a year of German, a year of French, and a year of Italian for my major. Wow. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, hey, I could sing this ditty on the on the radio it's like you literally ha- this is homework you have to yeah. learn words that you didn't know before <laughs> exactly because you have to make sure that it makes sense like you know it because so much of opera isn't just hitting the notes it's telling the story so you need to make sure that the tone of your voice the expression on your face matches the the story that you're telling and what's going on over because you don't even have to just study the what is what do the words mean but it's like what's happening in the context of this opera um that i'm reacting to because a lot of the time the arias that we're singing are reactions to something that's happening so um or or, you know thinking about something that might happen so it's yeah just there's a lot of uh, a lot of elements of that so there's a degree of acting to it as well absolutely what, it's yeah, it's all about it. <laughs> what did you learn in 
Aqua because obviously you're learning like a lot of new skills in that yeah. in that area that helped you in your pro wrestling career. Uh, I think honestly, one of the biggest things is projection and and being able to kind of pro like project my voice and and protect it to the best degree that I can with you know, how I breathe and how I use my breath, especially when ring announcing, I'll notice I like default back to some of like the things I used to do when I sang. Uh, so I think that that's a huge one. Another element, especially with commentary is improv. Um, I think there was a, a degree of, of improv and acting that I had learned in college and being able to, you know, bounce things off of a broadcast partner and kind of yes and with them. It's like if they say something that's kind of like, oh, okay, that's where we're going with this this story. Like, I'm down, like, let's go. Like, let's bounce things off of one another and, and tell the stories that the, the wrestlers are, are are expressing. So I think those are like two definite keys that have factored in into the pro wrestling world for me. What's your favorite song? Ooh, um, my favorite opera is probably La Boheme. And my favorite song is... Mm. Uh, it's Cuando Menvo is uh, is probably the one. It's it's again another pretty popular song, um, and it's it's from La Boheme. That's probably one of my favorites. Can you maybe sing a little bit for us? <laughs> oh my god! I, not not when I'm not warmed up, but uh, <laughs> but maybe maybe at a later time I would. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But like you, are you fluent in uh, Italian? Like, definitely not fluent. Um, I you know combined with high school and college, I probably had about five years of it. But um, it's definitely one of those things. If you don't use it, you lose it. They say that about language. Um, I do love studying different languages. I don't feel a hundred percent confident in any of the ones except English. Uh, but I do just love learning them, and uh, I think I can kind of try and get by. Uh, but it's like, of course, learning it off of like an app on my phone versus having a conversation with a native speaker is totally different. So I don't think my confidence is there just yet in any language. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely it, it, something I would love to have. So saving those, um, those different language overseas interviews for another time. It, it, for sure. Yeah. It, 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 maybe someday. <laughs> um. All right, I think that's a great segue into the next question, the colossal question. They're making a movie about you. It's going to be a big uh, production. Every movie has a soundtrack. What would be the first three songs on the Alyssa Marino movie soundtrack? The first song that I think would open up everything would probably be Crown on the Ground by Sleigh Bells because I love that song so much. It has a really great high energy. It would, um, I think, really just start things off with, with a proverbial bang. And uh, it's a feel-good song. I think it would make people want to tune in. And also, when I did make entrances in pro wrestling, that was the song that would play. <laughs> As a broadcaster, if I'd get an entrance, it would be that song. So, uh, yeah, that would definitely be number one. Um, I feel like a song that would have to factor in just because over the, God, now probably like 15, 20 years that it's probably been out. I hope I'm wrong with those numbers. Um, I never got sick of it is the song Float On by Modest Mouse. Uh, 
Okay. It's not even, it doesn't have a special significance to me. I just always was impressed with the fact that no matter how many times I heard that song, I was always happy to hear it. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be a really, uh, a really great one to play. Um, oh man, what would be my third song? I'm like over here looking up my like Spotify. Like, what do I even listen to? Um, Hmm. Those are the two that come off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know. My, my musical tastes otherwise are just like, it's God, what, whatever day of the week it is. Like I have a different song playing in my head. So I think my, I would reserve my third as like a rotating one because I, I feel like I could just plop something new in there every time. So, um, I'll leave that I'll leave that one open, but yeah, definitely those, those first two would have to play. All right. So no. Now that we got the soundtrack down, who plays you? And you can't say yourself because uh, you're obligated to make a Stanley as cameo. Oh my gosh, of course. Uh, who would I pick to play me? Uh, you know, just because I adore her and someone told me I looked like her in the past and I took it as like the greatest compliment in the world was Kate Winslet. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I Yeah, I think she's wonderful. So yeah, that would be really cool. I would co-sign that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Every movie has a supporting cast. Who would be three people in your movie and who would play them? Oh, no, this is hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. I, oh, wait. Oh, let me look up her name because I can't remember what her name is. I think my mom would be played by, uh, blanking out, it's this British actress. She's gorgeous. Emma Thompson, maybe? I feel like would be a great, version of my mom okay um i don't know who would play andy brown you did maybe i'd have andy brown play himself i'll make the cameo but he can play himself <laughs> opposite kate winslet i think that would be dope and i'm trying to find the right person that would play my dad oh my god this is so funny uh but my dad people always think that keegan michael key looks like my dad so i would have keegan michael <laughs> key play my dad <laughs> and that would be awesome okay yes andy brown as himself and uh, yes, Keegan Michael Key and Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, you're this is really shaping up into one hell of a movie. I like this. <laughs> this is, it is sounding like a great movie. Uh, and you could pre-order the tickets now. Yes, thank you. Go to eventbrite.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For the big premiere. <laughs> the red carpet Stanley is going to be there now. It's um, all. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's, let's talk about Andy. Um, yous are in the same profession. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages? I will say that some of the biggest advantages are that we understand the schedule. Um, there's never a, uh, I think sometimes it can be tough because a lot of what we do is on, you know, nights and weekends and it's never, um, a, a question. It's like, Hey, if, if there's a, if there's a booking opportunity, usually hopefully we're both on it. And if not, like each of us understands like, Hey, like, no, this is what you want to do. Like you're cool. Enjoy, do your thing. Um, and, and, you know, crush it. So I think that the understanding of what we both do is top. It's key. Um, I think the fact that we can, bring our doubts uh whether it's about our our performance or oh do you think that this was good or do you think i did this all right and we know that we're going to give each other um helpful and honest critique i think is huge um because we know what 
to look for. Um, like Andy's given me great feedback on commentary that I've done and that I don't think I could have gotten from someone that wasn't a part of the industry and a part of it for as long as he's been. Um, yeah, I think that those are like the, the huge, like super advantages of it. I don't, I mean, I think disadvantages is like, we don't really get to vacation together. Like our vacations are, you know, doing a loop together, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to the beach unless we're doing a show at the beach. So I think that that's probably the only disadvantage that I would, that I would say, but overall just like the understanding and the way that we can support one another, knowing what the job entails is, is it's great. Now, um, this interview was obviously not, not going to have some type of question about cereal. Um, how deep does your expertise go on cereal? Because like you were explaining the, the Great British Snacks all, you know, with great detail. <laughs> so what is, so tell us about being a cereal expert. So I will say that my cereal expertise has just come from long hours of eating cereal. I have no other qualifications to say anything that I say, but uh, I just, I'm an enthusiast. I enjoy it. And I, I, I would say I have a descriptive language that I can use. I'm good at articulating how I feel about uh, different flavors, different taste sensations, if you will. Um, my overall knowledge is not uh, super significant. It is not, it's, it, there's not a ton to it, but I think I can be flowery enough that people might uh, believe me. So that's, that's that, that's how that works. <laughs> no, um, are you like searching out, looking for uh, like rare cereals? Do you have like a collection of, you know, cereal that you like, a, it's, a, it's like a collection or is it just buy a box and, you know, eat it? I mean, for the most part, it's buy a box and eat it. A lot of the time it's like, I'm not going to collect the the cereal itself, but I do have like a collection of boxes that are, if they're super rare or if they came from another country or, you know, something I don't think I'll be able to find again. I do, I do still uh, save those. And I'd love to do some kind of project with them, whether it be like a backdrop that I create or, I don't know, something, something creative with the boxes, but um, haven't figured that out just yet. And, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much where the, the collecting part of it comes from. But for the most part, it's like, I, I don't want to, it's not going to go bad. You know, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> How much cereal do you go through a year? Well, since I, okay. So when I was in like the, the, the depths of my let's get cereal, when I was actually bringing it to shows, because I wouldn't just bring it for myself. I'd bring like three boxes to a show. I would say probably, oh God, like 50 maybe if I was working every weekend possibly more but uh but a lot of the time too like fans would bring cereal to shows and they would give me like I remember getting like a huge box of uh was it Oreo O's that I, I got from a from a fan in Cali and I ended up bringing that like I I had some of it at home but I ended up like bringing it to a show so that I knew like friends could enjoy it too so yeah that was that was a, a cool little little perk <laughs> No, you do have um, the magic spoon, bowl, and spoon. Does yes, that I did. Does that enhance cereal eating at all? 
it certainly makes it feel more magical. It doesn't really change the taste or anything, but the experience is definitely top notch. Now, what, what's, uh, I feel like the milk is an important part of the cereal. Um, what's, you know, some of the milks that you've experienced, uh, that you experimented with, what are the best milks? Um, what are the milks we should stay away from? So I, I'm a little biased. I don't love milk. So I just drink almond milk. So without fail, it is always almond milk with, anything that I do. I think that one time I did like a soy milk because I didn't have, um, I was like traveling and I didn't, I didn't have a way to get almond milk. So, um, yeah, that I, I really haven't played around with many different milk choices. It's usually always almond, uh, almond milk for me. Yeah. No knocking any other milks. It's just not my cup of tea. And have, uh, I know, uh, cereal first, milk second. Yeah. Always. Oh, always. Have you ever tried the both at the same time method? Um, I am not coordinated enough to do that. <laughs> it will literally go everywhere. I did one like ode to three sixteen day where I did like the stone cold with cereal and with jugs of almond milk. It was a mess. I'm not trying to like clean all that up again. So I do not yeah, I don't have the um coordination to to do both. Well, we were talking about British snacks. Uh, is there uh, special cereals from different countries that uh, you tried or have your eye on? I tried, oh, I'm going to forget what it's called, Nutrigrain from Australia. A lot of Australian cereals that I've uh, very much enjoyed. Um, I definitely have to go through, like, my, uh, my, my collection. I'm trying to think I don't I can't remember any others that I got aside from oh I didn't obviously I didn't get it in like an overseas market but um uh weed weedabix weedabix was awesome I know that's very popular in like the UK I had some Aussie friends that were also talking about it um that was definitely uh an important one that I got to got to try and it was actually very very tasty uh so i would definitely highly recommend that you can find it in um in certain supermarkets around the around the u.s too so no japanese yet not yet i definitely i i i don't have any particular ones that are on my list but the idea of trying a cereal from japan is very high on my list because i know they come like in a like a bag rather than a box yeah, so I would definitely be, again, it's all part of the experience. I definitely want to give that a whirl. From what I hear, the green tea cereal is good. Ooh, okay. Noted, noted. Thank you. The, uh, the chocolate, uh, the Hershey chocolate cereal is not good. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'll, if, keep, an, uh, I'll keep that in mind. If that makes any sense. <laughs> no, of course, yeah. Um, can you tell us your love of the Power Rangers? Oh my gosh, I, well, I, back in the day, I was a huge Power Rangers fan, and I, my, I'm an only child, my parents save everything, so I found my old collection and was just enjoying, kind of reminiscing. I, yeah, like, I guess the original, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I was so huge, I loved them. Um, yeah, so it's always nice to take a little, uh, little romp down memory lane. 
What are you, what's your opinion on the Green Power Ranger? Oh, I mean, like, obviously legend, you know, uh, a crazy story arc from what I recall. And uh, I was, I think Trini, the Yellow Ranger was my favorite, but like, it was such an ensemble, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't ever discount Tommy the Green Ranger. Well, I mean, I only ask because we've had some um, strong opinions on the Green Power Ranger. I um, wish I remembered the Green Ranger and, like, the story more. Um, yeah, I wish I did. Um, well, apparently some people do remember, and they do not like him. <laughs> That's a bummer. Didn't he like have his like redemption though? Like I know he did some crappy things, but then didn't he like turn good? I can't remember. Um, you know, I it, it's it's everybody is everybody's opinion on the matter, I suppose. For sure, and we can all you know we can agree to disagree, and I'm probably misremembering, but. <laughs> well, what's your opinion on spaceballs? Oh, spaceballs, classic. Um, one of my faves. Such a great movie, great one-liners. Um, another nostalgia bit that I just like feel good every time I watch it. It's amazing. Is it just uh, Spaceballs or just Mel, or, or Mel Brooks movies as well? Most Mel Brooks movies I, I will definitely be down to watch, but Spaceballs in particular I think is one of my... Oh, that and Young Frankenstein are probably two of my favorites of his. Oh, classic. Yeah, for sure. Old routine. I'm good. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> so good. Well, that's my favorite part of that movie. And I don't know why I pop every time. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is that, like, we never know why, but it's like once you once you get hooked on something, like, every time you hear it, it's going to make you laugh. Yeah. And he was going to solve espresso. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? I was going to serve espresso. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, if that was shot today, you know, Vipers would be right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't, I'm, I am going to have to message her afterward and just be like, hey, I remember how you didn't talk to me. And I bet she won't talk to me. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and from, from one of her staple mates in the coffin, um, it is a pet peeve that she drinks an abundance of coffee. I mean... I also drink an overabundance of coffee, so, I mean, eh. I can't really speak there. But, I mean, is it as complicated as what white person is doing? Oh, yeah, my, my order is definitely not as, as complicated as hers is, but, you know, more power to her. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen paintings with less extravagant details than that. <laughs> <laughs> she likes what she likes. Yes, um... So you're a big Spaceball fans, but you don't like you. You've never seen Star Wars. I have not seen all of the Star Wars movies. I saw, I think, what was it like the four, four or five and six, maybe, or however it worked. The ones that came out like back in the seventies. <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen those, but I never saw anything else. Well, I mean, you're kind of missing out with one, two, and three because I mean those are. Fantastic, and I mean everything that's going on in on Disney Plus as well. I know that I do think about that because I'm like, oh, like everybody is talking about this, and I 
I have no idea the context of it. So maybe eventually I will end up uh, going back and, and watching them. But can you tell us about um, your favorite book, uh, Night Circus? Night Circus is uh, absolutely magical, and that is like literally and figuratively. It is um, a story, I can't even remember the first time I read it, but it's become like my comfort story. So, like, if ever I'm like traveling, I've read it a bunch of times, but I just love, I love uh, revisiting the story. It is. Um, it has a lot of my favorite elements of like any fiction, which is uh, magic, a circus, and like clockworky steampunk elements, and it combines them all very well. Oh, and like 18th century or sorry, 19th century Europe. Those it all covers great, all of that. Those are all great topics, right? <laughs> exactly, and it has all of them in it. So I'm yeah, sign me up. I will read it again and again. So you're. So magic is a a big thing for you. Oh, absolutely. All right. I, I I'm a big fan of steampunk as well, but I kind of swapped it for cyberpunk at the moment, just because there's a Pretty lot cool. of cyberpunk content out there right now. Definitely. All right. On to a controversial subject. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stats? Love it. I don't care who comes for me. I love pineapple on pizza. <laughs> End of story. Okay. <laughs> I have very, very strong opinions on pineapple on pizza. Yes. More stronger opinions on pineapple on pizza than the Green Ranger, for sure. Yeah, actually, yeah. Sorry. But um, I will say, though, I'm not the kind of person that's like, if you don't like it, you're wrong. Like, you like what you like. But... I like what I like, so I like pineapple on pizza. All right. What's your spirit Pokemon? Oh, gosh. Um, I always liked... Which one turned into Ninetales? Was that Vulpix? Uh, Eevee. Eevee! Oh, no, no, yeah. no. no. Uh, Ninetales was uh, Vulpix, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that. I always just thought it was just so pretty. Um, we love the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for Thug? T H U G. The. Um, no, I'm not going to pretend. T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail. Because a Doug can't spell. <laughs> Very nice. We love the late, great Tracy. Uh, Smarter's trying to keep the memory alive. Love it. All right. uh, Weirdest question you'll be asked on a wrestling interview, hopefully. Would you ever commentate a match with a rock? Not Dwayne Johnson, not the country, an actual rock. I would take it as a challenge to see how exciting I could make that match. So, yeah, screw it. I would. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Just for context, there is a wrestler named Psycho Mike that wrestled an actual rock for over 15 minutes uh, in a tungsten man match, an arm man match that lasts for two weeks. Sheesh. And there was commentary for 
for all two weeks. Excellent. Good. Good. As there should be. Yes. Uh, he did not beat the rock either. Dang. Yep. I was rooting for him. Yeah, they tied, and then uh, the rock was the champion, so he retained. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? I kind of like the the interviews. I'm down for the surprise. I'm I'm just kind of going with the flow and seeing where it takes me. I love that answer. Thanks. And uh, what's an interview people should go out of their way to see the best shows off what Alyssa Marino is all about? I would say, ooh, let me see. If you were to go, okay, there was a really great episode of let's get cereal that i loved that i did with um with jordan blade i can't remember what number episode it was but if you look it up um i was i really loved that episode i think you got like a really good insight into who jordan is telling her story uh i love that episode a lot so not the one with my um watch that one too just for humor's sake but uh but no watch the jordan blade one to get a little uh deeper dive into who she is absolutely uh and i will put the uh, i will put the link to that uh specific interview in the description of the video below but on youtube and castbox for anybody that uh hasn't seen it wants to see it cool all right and since we are nearing the conclusion of this interview we are wrestling with the eight questions of doom this is our speed round, our bonus round, the round where we see who you really are. Are you ready? Oh my gosh, yes. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Sami Zayn. Worst wrestler. Ah, uh, can't answer. Pass. You will be given the default answer. You have chosen Eva Marie. No! Oh. <laughs> I don't like saying anyone's the worst. <laughs> well, those, uh, that's by popular, popular majority is with Eva Marie without even giving, um, you know, giving them, uh, the default. Understood. All right. Um, you're booking the main event of WrestleMania. Who are the two combatants? Um, Andy Brown and The Rock. Sweet. Oh, The Rock from, uh, Psycho Mike or the actual rock? The the actual rock, yes. <laughs> if you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Um, Samoa Joe. The the dum 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 dum. Yeah. Oh, the TNA D. Uh, no, no, the uh, NXT D. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Finish the sentence. K Fabe is alive and well. We would have also accepted Taste Great on Toast. Ooh. Squash. Vegetable or fruit? Vegetable. It's I a think. fruit. What? Yeah, it's a tomato logic. Interesting. Good to know. Uh, but you're part of Squash Squad now, and that means I have a lot more. Cool. New Japan wrestler Tai Chi. His ring gear gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate 
trumps the budget ratio for Ringo? Uh, seven. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I, three quarters. Three quarters sewing. Oh no, three quarters covering. Three quarters covering. Okay. And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know: Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger? In a supermarket about Darby Allen. No. And that's the correct answer. <laughs> and uh, when I said I recorded content in a, a supermarket, I was asking random strangers in the supermarket if they knew who Darby Allen was. <laughs> there you have it. Yes. But uh, that will conclude this interview. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. Uh, once again, where can we find all things Alyssa Marino on social media? Everything is at AYY underscore Marino on all of the socials. And uh, you got merchandise? Uh, right now, it's just at shows. Um, but if you contact me, I can try and find a way to get it to you. <laughs> okay. And you don't need to type it into your Google machine. All of the links to all of our social media will be in the description of the video below for our YouTube cast box. Uh, you've been listening to her for a little over an hour. Give her a damn follow and buy a damn short. Let's go. Of course, if you like, uh, of course, thank you for listening. Um, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment for our YouTube cast box. Of course, this was sponsored by Rogue Energy and they don't want coffee. Uh, join us next Tuesday and Wednesday as we interview AJ Kazana uh, and Wednesday Joe Kazana. Um, and then the week after that, Anthony Andrews. Um, so all NWA next week. Um, you can follow the show at Wrestling with E or on Twitter and Instagram uh, for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. Uh, and you can follow me personally at JamesJ993. Alright, uh, when I say Wrestling with, you say Entertainment, okay? Sounds like a plan. For all right, special guest Alyssa Marino, Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust. I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment. Hey, folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys. We appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.